morning, good news. Huskers won. <laughs> barely. That field goal, I mean, it barely went over the guy's hand. And I, I watched Scott Frost in the interview. He looks like he doesn't know even what to say. But I'm glad they won. Um, how many know that God really does love you? So, so here's what I want you to know. I'm hoping today's sermon will be a little shorter. And everybody said, okay. All right. That was a trap. But the, the essence of this message is how, how God really does want to draw near to you. And we're going to take this month of October and we're going to talk about soul care. And learning how to deal with, with our mind, our will, our emotions, our lives. But I really want this to be a season where we intentionally slow down. We're busy. Everybody's busy. But I want you to invite God into your circumstance. And I want you to try to unwind, quiet your soul, disconnect from your phone and the TV your hobby, not everything, but I want you to be intentional about taking some time and getting quiet before God. You see me, I pace and walk and I'm constantly moving. It is very difficult for me to sit still for long. And yet it's a discipline in order for me to quiet my soul. I want to know what's going on on the inside of me, but I also want to know what God wants to say to me. And here's the thing. He He, sometimes he'll get your attention by pain. He allows you to experience something so that he can get your attention. That's not his preferred method. He would rather you be quiet so he can speak to your spirit. And sometimes our, our mind and what's going on in our lives is much louder. And so I just want you to know that God really wants to bring healing to your life. He wants you to know what's going on in your own mind. Uh, And just to be quiet before the Lord. So anyway, the month of October is soul care. And so recently we, uh, we kicked off on Tuesday just for our staff, the beginning of processing some things in soul care. And around our table, there was a question. And one of the questions that we asked was, was there anything this year that you experienced that was incredibly disrupting? So something painful, something you weren't expecting, and every person at the table had something. And tears began to flow as we began to talk about it. And I want to ask you the same question. How many would say this morning that you have experienced something this year that's been disrupting to your life? Raise your hand. Okay? And I mean, for your... Wives, you know that every day you're disrupted by your husbands. I mean, that goes without saying, right? But how many would say um, that you have to deal with something chronic? Whether it's an illness or pain or maybe a relationship, would you raise your hand? How many would say that you experience a lot of stress uh, week to week? Okay, so this, this is the reality of our lives. 
And it's important that uh, we know what's going on inside of us so that we can handle it correctly. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. So if you would, would you stand? We're going to read from God's word. 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And I love that. God desires that um, success and prosperity are really American takeovers of the term. He wants you to be whole. And he wants you to prosper in being whole in relationship. Then, of course, if that happens in other areas of your life, then that's great. Just as your soul prospers. And then Mark 12, 30. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the men and women in this room. And thank you, God, for your care for us, God. You do love us, but God, you love to be near us. You love for us to be in relationship with you. I pray, God, in this season that we would slow down, that we would listen, that we would learn the discipline of disconnecting so that we can connect and hear from you. I pray, God, that you would bring things up from within them. I pray that you would bring things out of their heart, out of their mind, that they would know what is taking place on the inside, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we've got four weeks that we've put together, and this week is really about how is your soul. And you would think I could just ask the question, but I'm going to take an extra 20 minutes and we're going to discuss it. How is your soul? Week two is is talking about depression, anxiety, and other interruptions that aren't normal. So we all experience anxiety. We all experience depression possibly at times, but something that becomes chronic We want you to be able to get help, and we want you to be able to recognize that, and so we're going to talk about that as well. For some reason, you know, Christians aren't supposed to be experience any of those things, but that's just not reality. I can take you through Scripture and show you people that were in the midst of it. So now we've over-spiritualized it where it can't happen, but it can. Three practical ways to care for yourself. So... You know, how many are are ready for, you need to eat better, you need to sleep better, you need to exercise. Okay, there's three people. (laughs) And lastly, we want to talk about connection and conflict through relationships. Right? There's, there's, uh, it's an important part of our world, important part of our life. And how many know people get on people's nerves? It is a big one, yeah. So I was, I was reading recently, just going through 2018-2019 uh, statistics, and here's a couple of thoughts that I saw. Uh, Americans are stressed out more than ever before. That was uh, 2019. Young people are stressed out by politics. So more and more people are being stressed out by politics. Imagine that. And then uh, Gallup 2018, Americans are more stressed and they're worrying more and they're more angry and they're more intensified than ever. Fantastic. So I I can't wait for uh, 2020 when we start talking about politics and we're going into voting. That's going to be an easy transitional year, I'm sure, right? So how many know that life is lived through your soul? 
We're, we, we are impacted by life through our soul. And so when things happen to us, they're impacted uh, through our soul. And God works from the inside out. Okay? He doesn't work from the outside in. He works from the inside out. He wants you to have a view of the world around you. He wants you to have a godly perspective of the things that are taking place in your life. Jesus cautioned us about the pursuit of things at the expense of our soul. Mark 8, 36 and 37 says this. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? What are we pursuing? Because you can pursue money and lose your family. You can pursue stuff, lose your identity. Jesus experienced incredible stress at times in his life. John 12, 27 says this. Now now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. So his, his soul was stressed because of what was about to take place. Psalm 23, 1 through 3. How many know that the, the Lord is the shepherd of our soul? Okay. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not be in need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. How many know that there are times in your life where God will force you To lie down, to take uh, a look at your life, to take a look at your emotions, to take a look at your family, to take a look at things. And usually he has to force us to through external circumstances. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. The Lord is the shepherd of our soul. Now, I talk a lot about purpose and I talk about transformation And I believe that's part of the reason why I'm on the earth. But your first responsibility is in relationship to God is that you're stewarding the things that he's given you. And one of those things is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, the internal, the inside part of you. Dallas Willard says this, you are a soul made by God, made for God, and made to need God. Which means you are not made to be self-sufficient. And how many know that that flies in the face of being an American? We value our independence. So my question, church, is how is your soul? Are you aware? Do you know what's happening inside? Because we can be distracted. We can be busy. We can be hurried. How's your soul? So uh, I, usually the way that I do this is uh, my preparation is, is strange. And I wish there was a better way, and there probably is a better way. But I like to get all kind of information and then keep cutting away until I feel like I, I'm about to give you what the Lord has asked me to do. So I describe it like standing under a dam releasing water to get a cup of water. So this week I was studying the soul and I was studying the spirit and the connections. And to be honest with you, I got a little overwhelmed. So I want to give you a definition biblically. There's, there's about five different ways uh, the, the Bible talks about the soul. And I want to read those to you now. So in the Old Testament, the soul is the vital breath or the breath of life. 
It can mean the human soul. The soul as the seat of the affections or will. It can mean a human person or an individual, and it can mean the self. So the soul is made up of parts. We a lot of times hear about the mind and the will and the emotions, but it's also our intellect and reason. It's our ability, our volition, our ability to make choices and decisions. Uh, For me, science nerd guy, I, I like the physiological part as well. I love that. Uh, all right, let me just go ahead, go there. So, uh, there's the neocortex and then there is the limbic system. And a lot of us live from our limbic system and that's our reactionary part of our lives. Okay. So how many has, have ever been walking and you see a stick on the ground? What do you do when you don't know if it's a stick or not? You jump back, right? Cause you think it's a snake. That's your limbic system. That is your amygdala. It causes you to fight or flight. All right? So what happens is a lot of times your amygdala will actually hijack the rational part of your brain. Okay? So you'll react to life instead of stopping to actually go, okay, wait a minute. That's not a, that's not a snake. I can see that it's just standing there or just sitting there. This, that's not going to do anything, right? Your emotional brain actually overrides your rational brain. And a lot of us constantly react in life. And God doesn't want us to always react to everything. He wants us to respond to things. Okay? So what God does is he speaks to our spirit. Romans 8.16 says that, For the spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So there are times when God speaks to our spirit. And if we're not listening and if we're not quiet, we won't be able to hear it. We're always reacting. So I wanted to try to give pictures because most of you guys won't remember this message at all. And so I wanted to give you a picture that maybe would capture it. And so Susie actually sent me this video. How many know that we're incredibly complex? Right? That our soul is part of who we are, part of our design. It's our experiences, a lot of things put together. And I wanted to show you uh, a video. And this video is an artist and he, he, he makes 3D images. And so a lot of times if, I, if I'm looking at Raphael or I'm looking at Victoria, I may know them a little bit, but I don't know what's going on in their inner world, Right? Well, a lot of us have a lot of depth that we don't know about. I want you to see this video as a picture of the soul. Isn't that crazy? But a lot of us, we look at somebody and we go, oh, you know, I think I know them. But there's layers going on that we don't know anything about. Here's one other picture that I wanted to show as well. This is of Roberto Clemente. And it's a series of pictures that make up a greater image. If you guys could show that picture. So basically, it's a bunch of pictures put together, but it creates an image. And for when I think of the soul, there's multiple parts to us. There's multiple parts to you. There's things that you've gone through that actually make up the whole of who you are. 
I'm, I'm debating how I want to move forward here. You are incredibly complex. The Bible talks about in Proverbs that uh, a man is like a deep well and it takes a person of understanding to be able to pull the water out. And I, I want us to understand that, that life is not easy. That the way, we, the way we're impacted by things, every person may handle it differently. And there's a lot of people you struggle with your design, you struggle with the things that you've gone through, you struggle with the way you process it. And, but God understands all of these things. That's why we look to him, that's why we rely on him. Uh, I, I do want us to take a test. So we, we have put together um, a, a simple test to find out where you are in relation to your mind and your will and emotions. And I want Sarah to tell us now a little more about that. Can you guys play it? Hey, Good News Church. My name is Sarah. I'm the communications director here at Good News, and I want to talk to you really quickly about soul care. One of the ways we can take care of our soul is to take the time to reflect on our thoughts, um, on what's going on in our heart, and with our emotions. We have a download available for you at mygoodnews.church. It's got several questions that help you reflect on um, just what's going on in your heart. So set aside some time this week to ask God to help your soul find rest in him. Again, you can find that download at mygoodnews.church. Awesome. So you go to mygoodnews.church and take the test. We just want you to be able to find out where you are. So Psalm 139, 13 through 15 says this. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you believe you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made, being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. That's more than a physical. This is so much more than just your physical appearance. This is your design, that God designed you. The, the translation, we lose it a little bit, but it's like a tapestry that's been put together. So I, I wanted to do something. I felt like the Lord wanted me to do this for somebody today. So I saw this place called Husker Popcorn. And they have all these different flavors of popcorn. But I also wanted to use it as an illustration. And I wanted to, to, to help you understand how incredibly complicated we are. So when we think of mind and will and emotions, our soul... We can think about the mind which is able to think and reason. Our will is our ability to choose and make decisions. Our emotions, right? The red in here is part of uh, the limbic system. And again, if you don't have emotions, you don't actually have the ability to connect. So emotions play an important role in our life. Your personality, God was, gave you a personality. He gave you a temperament. Some people are fiery. Some people are laid back. Some people like to reason. Other people uh, are like me. They, they love to make things happen. You've got experiences. Some of those are good and some of those are bad. Some of those are always with you. 
Some of you guys, well, we all have a belief system. We all have a way that we view the world. And that's filters and biases and the way we were raised. We're unique and we're complicated. And here's what I felt like the Lord said. He says, there is somebody in here and you are frustrated by your design. You're frustrated by the way you're wired or the way you think or the way you view the world or something. And you feel like that God is frustrated by you. Is that anybody in this room? It is you. I want to give this to you. Here's what I want you to do. You can't eat it for a week. All right. So when you look at that, I want you to know that God's not disappointed by you. He's not frustrated by you. He actually created you and designed you. And he wants to meet you in the place where you are. All right. Okay. Church, God wants to be the shepherd of our souls. When you look at Jesus when he was on the earth, you, there are a couple things that, that stand out. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Most of us are trying to fill something on the inside of us when we're, in reality it's rest that we desire. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Life is filled with disappointments and frustrations, right? I have issues. My family has issues. You have issues. And we're all imp impacted by that, okay? There are frustrations that I've had in my walk with God. There were times that I have prayed and I didn't think he answered my prayer. There are things that I feel like are weights on my soul because I was hoping something would happen and they haven't been met yet. So part of me can be frustrated even in my relationship with God or my walk. There are things I don't like that's inside of me. And then there are frustrations that I have outside of me going, God, why aren't you answering? Right? But God wants us to know that he's the shepherd and that is part of his nature. And the reason for this series is most people don't really know how their soul is. We don't actually take the time to separate ourselves to actually ask the Lord, how am I doing and what's going on? Matthew 9.36 says this, But when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with, com with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Now, I will tell you, when I read that, I still see this. And that word weary, if you go look in the Greek... It actually comes from the root word to flay. So he was saying that these sheep people felt like there was something over them that at any time they were going to be killed or they were being pushed or something bad was going to happen. Has anybody else felt that way? You ever been wearied? When I got saved... I really distrusted God. It sounds really strange, but I distrusted him. I thought that he was angry or frustrated or distant. Uh, I, I, I didn't know what to expect of him because I didn't know him well. 
had a lot of internal fears. And so when you struggle internally, like with, with fear or anything else, you want to control what happens externally. So when you, when you are afraid internally, it may be that you want to control your children so they don't make certain decisions. All right. Maybe, maybe you're afraid to take the chance or you're afraid to knock on the door for the new job or you're afraid to ask somebody out or you're afraid to have the conversation that you need to have. Right. Cause you want to control your circumstances. When I was a young Christian, I thought if God didn't answer my prayer, or change my circumstances, he was mad at me. But here's what I discovered. Now that I'm older and I'm getting a lot more grace, I'm discovering that God actually wants to be in it with me. He actually wants me to find him in it. Because when we live by fear, we want the world to be perfect. The world will never be perfect. So what God does to mature us, he goes, hey, I'm going to be with you in it. We like Hollywood endings, don't we? We like fairy tales as Christians. We don't want it to be messy. We want it easy. We don't like testimonies that aren't complete. People that are still in process. We don't like people that go back to their addictions. We don't like when people are still making bad decisions. We don't. We don't like that that testimony. That's not going to go on the screen. But that's a lot of life. And thank God that he's faithful to us even when people make bad decisions. I want you to remember this little saying. All right? I want you to remember this. When your soul isn't whole, you'll want to control. Because here's what happens. The more you get healthy, the more you're able to release. God wants to bring you to a place of where you can release your future, your finances, your family, all of those things to him. God wants you to be able to release your, your, your family, your future, your finances because you trust him. And that's what he desires. See, here's the thing about my Christianity now. I want to get in the mess. I'm not afraid of your mess ups. I'm not afraid of your addictions. And I'm not, I'm not afraid of your past. Because I was a messy Christian. Still am a little messy at times. So when you tell me, I feel like God abandoned me, I can go, I can identify with that. When God goes, hey, or when you tell me God answered the prayer, I can't believe it. I go, I can identify with that. I know what it was like to be in addiction. I know what it was like to want healing and not receive it. And then I also received breakthrough and have been set free. There have been times where I felt like God... Uh, hated me, that he was disappointed by me. I can identify with that. So if you came to me and said, man, I feel like God's always mad at me. I can identify with that. But if you came up to me and said, I can't believe it. He went out of his way and he showed me something I've never seen. And now I know his love. I can go, I can identify with that. Because that's the kind of Christianity that it's supposed to be. We identify with those around us because we've discovered God's goodness but we've also been there as well in the mess. I don't want artificial Christianity. No saccharine. No fake. I want real Christianity. I want the real deal. So some of us beat ourselves up in our faith. And 
I, I, wanna, I wanted to put up a couple of quotes and then we're going to close. Okay. Darkness is such that I really do not see. Neither with my mind nor with my reason. The place of God in my soul is blank. There is no God in me. When the pain of longing is so great, I just long and long for God. The torture and pain I can't explain. Mother Teresa. For more than a week, I was close to the gates of death and hell. I trembled in all my members. Christ was wholly lost. I was shaken by desperation and blasphemy of God. Perhaps the most important person in the last 500 years, Martin Luther, who struggled with sin and doubt in his life. And this last one, I think when a man says, I never doubt, it is quite time for us to doubt him. It is quite time for us to begin to say, ah, poor soul, I am afraid you are not on the road at all. For if you were, you would see so many things in yourself and so much glory in Christ, more than you deserve, that you would be so much ashamed of yourself as even to say, it's too good to be true. Charles Spurgeon, credible pastor and orator who actually struggled with depression and physical pain most of his life. Here's the thing. I I don't want you to beat yourself up anymore because you don't feel like you've hit the mark. None of us have. But I want you to deal with the stuff that's inside. I want you to begin to be aware of what's going on inside. All of us have a narrative in our mind. And the only way we begin to discover what that is is if we actually quit being so busy and we stop and listen. Because your mind is speaking to you. It's got all of these thoughts. And I want you to begin to figure out what are you saying to yourself? Are you able to hear the prompting and the voice of the Lord? Psalm 62, 5 through 8 says this. And I love, I love this. Yes, my soul. He's talking to his soul. He's talking to his mind and his will and his emotions. Yes, my soul. Find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Church, how is your soul? How is your soul? I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to take the challenge. I want you to cut off the TV. I want you to put aside the hobby. I'm not saying all day or all the time, but I'm asking you to separate yourself. Go sit in a chair. Go take a walk. Cut off the radio. Take out the earbuds. And listen. Because here's the thing. The Lord won't won't talk over the busyness of your your life. He won't. Now, here's the thing. He'll get your attention through pain. He'll allow you to make bad decisions in order for you to come to him. That's not the best way. But he actually wants to speak to you. He wants you to know what's going on in your life. You know, I always talk about this, but when I was eight, I stepped on that toothpick and it broke off in my foot and I had surgery and I was about to have another one And I could not heal until they found that toothpick and pulled it out. Some of you guys have things in your soul that you can't get over, but you're not even aware that they're there. 
And God wants to bring healing to that. He's not mad at you. He's not frustrated by you. He's not disappointed with you. He wants to meet you. And he wants to shepherd your soul. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the men and women in this room. God, you love them. You're for them. God, you love their design. You designed it. I pray, God, that they would draw near to you. I pray that some of these things that are inside, these wrong wrong concepts or thoughts about you, God, that you would bring them up. That they would engage you. That they would talk about it with you. They would receive your truth, God, that you may set them free, that you bring healing to them. For those, God, that are just so wrong about your nature, so wrong about your love, God, may you bring revelation to them. For those that have struggled all their life, God, would you bring them freedom? God, draw near. You are the shepherd of our souls. And we love you. We need you. We ask that you draw near in this season in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So before we close, I just want to know, is every person in here, are, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because if you don't, I want to pray with you. Here's the thing. You can come to church and you can leave unchanged, but it's Christ that brings you life. By his death and his resurrection, he comes and takes up residence in you. Make sure you don't leave without making him Lord and Savior. And then if you need prayer this morning, or you just want to sit and wait on the Lord, we'd love for you to be able to do that. Church, we love you. Take the time to get alone with God. Quiet, quiet your soul and listen, because he wants to speak to you. God bless. Love you.